0: Crocs have announced they're coming out with a high-heeled shoe, while the wearers of Crocs have announced they're going to give plaid shorts a try.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What Um, What is that, Uh, huh? Just to be a heck of a look, plaid shorts and uh, Crocs. Oh, kind of person who's like going out to the Walmart in their Crocs. Um, High-heeled Crocs. Wow. I mentioned to my wife last week that we we did that. that The top three things women do don't want to see on their man. Yes. Leather pants, Crocs. And another woman. What was the other what Was Speedos. The, Speedo. Right? Oh, yes. Uh, unfortunate. <laughs> Two of them were never going to happen, a Speedo or leather pants. I mean, yeah. it's just... The Croc is a comfortable slip-on shoe, My jack. wife said you were never wearing Crocs. I wow. said I, I wasn't planning An
2: on An anti-Crocist. I wonder why the
1: animosity... 99.9% of women do not want to see their man in Crocs. Wow. 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 There you go. That's unnecessarily harsh to me.
2: I own no Crocs, and yet I fully embrace the right to wear Crocs. Mm. I may disagree with your Croc, but I will defend to the death your right to don it. Mm. So this is such a good story. Um, it's amazing. Actually, a couple of things I have in front of me that fit into the, the theme. But Chandler, Arizona, is um, it's southeast of Phoenix. It's about a quarter of a million people. And it describes itself on its website as built on entrepreneurial spirit. You could forgive Kim O'Neill for not buying into it. This is from the Wall Street Journal. O'Neill and her family, longtime residents, she ran a medical billing company in the town. For years, she worked out of leased office space, but then her dad became ill, and she moved the business to her home so she could take care of dad as well. Her father passed away two years later, and she continued to run the business out of her house because she could run it while taking care of her elderly mother. Well, in the summer of 2016, this is three years down the road now, O'Neill received a letter from the city of Chandler informing her that she was illegally operating a home-based business. She needed to apply for a permit within seven days or face action from the city government. She figured, all right, what the hell. So she, she assumed the permit would be easy to obtain. How'd they find out? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Probably tax records, that sort of thing. They went hunting for this. Because, you remember, a, a permit is the government confiscating your right and selling it back to you. Anyway... She assumed it would be easy to obtain because her business was conducted entirely within her home. There was no signage, no customers ever came to the home, and she had no commercial inventory or commercial equipment. She was merely processing paperwork on a computer in her house. Chandler officials didn't see it that way. They told Ms. O'Neill that her three employees were not allowed to work on site, though they parked in her driveway and didn't cause any traffic concerns. So they sat around the kitchen, typed into computers. Eventually, in an attempt to appease city officials, Ms. O'Neill instructed her employees to work from their own residences rather than her home, even though it had never caused anybody any problems. City officials were unmoved. They informed Ms. O'Neill that she would have to build a parking facility just in case her employees ever did come to her home. She had to submit architectural drawings of her home and obtain approval from every neighbor within 600 feet. Doing so would have been expensive, but that wasn't all. The city even suggested Ms. O'Neill might have to attend monthly meetings with city officials. Her business bothered no one, was entirely self-complained in her home, but eventually Ms. O'Neill gave up. She shut down her business, calling the episode one of the most stressful experiences of her life. She's not alone. In 1992, there were about 16 million home businesses in the U.S. By 2012, the number had grown to 27 million. Today, about half of all American businesses are home-based. According to the Small Business Administration,
1: did not know that. I'm always I'm always surprised when I hear those statistics about how, you know, eighty percent of companies are less than twenty people or whatever. Right. I mean, there, there's a lot of small businesses that make this country go. This really reminds me of my story of when I uh, we thought we were going to board horses. Maybe I'll tell that again at some point. But well, it's the, it's the best, simplest. Example I've ever heard. But we, we, we bought a house that had a barn with 18 horse stalls, and we thought, well, we'll let people, you know, you can, we either let them sit empty or we could let people keep their horses here and charge them whatever you charge them $200 a month. But then when we started looking into it, we needed handicapped bathrooms and ramps and earthquake retrofitting. And, I mean, it was just a never-ending list. Backup generators in case the earthquake comes. Right. All these kind of ridiculous things. So your neighbor's got a horse. You've got a stall. Your neighbor looks around and says,
2: looks good. I'll give you a few dollars. You can. Uh, my horse will stay here. You say, that's fine. No, the
1: government won't let that happen. And And not only that... It would cost you so much to do what you're supposed to do, right. you, you couldn't ever come out ahead, so it stops you from running the business anyway.
2: It's a great example of perfection being the mortal enemy of good enough. As, um, as, as,
1: as we've talked about with Tim the lawyer many times, there's no way to come up with a stat of how many businesses don't start.
2: The great number we will never know, as Tim points out, is the number of jobs that were not created. His book, The Right to Earn a Living, by the way, is a great book. Tim Sandifer, The Right to Earn a Living. Um, We'll have a link or something or other. But Anyway, listen to this. Officials in Cobb County, Georgia temporarily shut down a video game blogger whose primary business activity was uploading YouTube videos from his house. Record producer in Nashville, Tennessee, ran a recording studio out of his garage, received a cease and desist letter from the city, though none of his neighbors had ever complained. Phoenix refused to grant a permit to a yoga instructor who hoped to teach small classes at her house. It's hard to gauge exactly, exactly how many cities require permits for working from home. Can you imagine the government has to permit you to work from your home? That is such a perversion of what this country is supposed to be. And if you don't get that, if you're if you're saying, well, I, I can't understand. Listen, I'm not mad at you or anything, but you have been so hoodwinked and brainwashed by the modern bureaucratic state, you've comple- you've become completely unmu- unmoored from the idea of the land of the free. So
1: you can't have five people show up in your living room once a week and do yoga and give you 20 bucks for it. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. So- you're a criminal if you do. Lots of people do this stuff, but then you're a criminal, and that gets to that whole setting up the system so that you're always breaking the law, and if they want to come down on you, they've got an excuse.
2: Yeah, whether you love Ayn Rand or not, she wrote some great stuff about why societies are designed so that they've always got you, so that you're always violating some law, because if you're violating the law, then therefore you're a bad person, and the government can do what it wants with you. Uh, It really is a smart system. It's insidious, but smart. So listen to this. Our friends at the uh, Phoenix-based Goldwater Institute, I uh, worked on a bill with the home-based business uh, with the you know small business people to craft the home-based business fairness act it would have exempted no impact home businesses like the, the the lady with the people typing in computers that had no impact on
1: anybody in any way. You're uploading YouTube videos. Right. Oh, my God.
2: It would have exempted no-impact home businesses from onerous licensing requirements. Under the bill's framework, if a home-based business didn't employ more than three non-resident employees, didn't cause traffic or parking issues, and wasn't the primary purpose of the home, then a business license wouldn't be required, despite local laws to the contrary. I'd call that common sense. If you are a lefty and you are concerned about poor people, unemployed, people, people who are trying to claw their way up the American dream, you ought to be marching in the streets for this not that whole Trump is Hitler nonsense anyway, the bill's drafters were careful to retain other local rules such as fire and building codes, pollution controls, noise ordinances to allow cities sufficient authority to ensure safety but it didn't placate local officials numerous cities in Arizona pushed back and killed the bill political leadership in Arizona should make the bill a key priority, etc, etc They killed it because they want the fees.
1: Government is a for-profit enterprise. That's incredible and discouraging. You were right. I love it and hate it. Yeah. Yeah. I love the story. I hate hearing it. And you know, kind of a a companion piece, uh, and I'll I'll make this quick and then we'll move on to other
2: stuff, but uh, there's a really good editorial in the Washington Examiner this morning about Netflix. I don't know if you heard uh, Netflix, uh, the, the, the skyrocketing rock star. Of the uh, of the stock world, just up 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 up. Well, it took it in the pants the other day, about thirteen percent down, because s- slow subscriber growth. Um, competitors are realizing what they're doing and how they're doing it, and and the market for your eyes and ears is adapting quickly, and so. Um, So Netflix is facing stiff, really good competition. HBO, Hulu, Amazon, even old network and cable giants, etc., etc. And then they describe that, and if you follow it, you follow it. And and all the different ways that you can get whatever you want. You can pick and choose what you want. You want baseball games? Get the MLB app. Watch it on your smart TV. Pick up the CBS app through your Amazon Fire Stick when the NFL season rolls along. Maybe you just stream Real Housewives every week, etc., What we have now is very close to what regulators dreamed about a decade ago. You remember this? A la carte TV. You can pay for what you want, get a lot of content free, etc., etc. You don't have to have those cumbersome bundles. I
1: remember thinking that would come, the day would come, where I could just buy, I just want to be a Sopranos viewer. Right. I watch 11 channels, and that's it. Those are the ones I want. But the headline is, Netflix teaches market and
2: economics the hard way. And here's where the lesson comes in. In the middle of the last decade... Senators and the Federal Communications Commission pushed for mandatory a la carte regulations. Cable providers and programmers should be required to allow customers to buy only the channels they wanted. Some cable providers supported regulations, most opposed. There was a stalemate on Capitol Hill and in the regulatory agencies. Today, we have far more freedom than any a la carte mandate would have given us. Last year, Netflix had more subscribers than the top six cable companies combined. Cable subscriptions have dropped 10% since 2012, another 4% this year. The lesson of all of this is that if something enjoys enough demand and is technologically feasible, the market will provide it without regulators getting in the way and bossing people around. If you can't see how a service will be provided or by whom, have the humility to admit that you're clueless about what the sector will look like in 10 years. Never mind 10 years. How about 10 years? Two years. Yeah, no kidding. Businesses need to learn to adapt to meet dem- demand, or another market player will knock them off their feet or off their market peak. Competitors of tomorrow may not exist today. Congress and the FCC and the regulators are perpetually years behind. They're soon to be decades behind because of the fast moving markets. Try Liberty. It works. Yeah. I'm done. Ten years? That's thats crazy talk. I would drop the mic, but it's on this stand to hold it in front of my mouth.
1: We'll all be beaming our favorite show into our brain through something in ten years. Right,
2: and Congress will still be talking about deregulating cable. No, I think we should regulate cable. Uh, sir, Senator, only like 4% of the population gets cable. And they're all
1: over 80. It's essentially Congress. We're the only people that have cable now. <laughs> Nonetheless, we must regulate cable. Are we just going to make up rules as we go along? We are. That's right. It's a monkey court. I have the most lucrative chores for kids, uh, which will lead me into a discussion of what work I should be having my kids do, because I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Yeah, get to that. I've got to get my cheddar up. (laughs) Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Armstrong and Getty. The Conscience
1: of the Nation.
2: show
1: at some point i'll read a little bit from george will's opinion piece in the washington post i was actually wondering what he would have to say he's been a never trumper since trump announced in june of 2016 right but his headline is uh, this sad embarrassing wreck of a man is he talking about me? <laughs> America's child president had a play date with a KGB alumnus, is the opening line. So maybe we'll talk mm-hmm. about that later. You know,
2: I think we do need to revisit it briefly, just because uh, some of you all hit us with some absolutely terrific insights. Okay, just great. Cool, I want to hear that. Backed it up with the solid information. Now, some of you are just verbally
1: abusive trolls and idiots, but. Uh, Some of you most definitely are not. So I'm glad I came across this list. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Uh, It was the 10 most lucrative chores for kids, uh, which I'll spend very little time on. But um, number one is mowing lawn. Had my uh, son mowing the lawn just the other day. That's probably his main hardest job that I give him.
2: Oh, that reminds me, um, echoing the last segment. Uh, there's a vacant lot next door, and it was getting overgrown. And I called the guy who owned it, and I said, Hey, my son would be uh, happy to mow it for you for a fraction of what you're paying the pros. And it was not a terribly difficult job. And, and he said, I just can't because of the liability. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you can't have a 16-year-old young man mow a
1: lawn because of liability. Okay. But my son uh, was mowing the lawn the other day, and he was complaining about hot, how hot it is, and there's bees. And- <laughs> The sort of the thing an eight-year-old complains about. Sure. And uh, just, you know, how hard it was and everything. And I was telling him how uh, I had 14 lawns that I mowed uh, uh, when I was in eighth grade, seventh grade. Boy, that's a great clientele and, for a young lad. Oh, yeah. And I, I bought a motorcycle with it. Yeah. He said, you bought a motorcycle mowing lawns? I said, yeah, I had 14 lawns I mowed every week. And they paid between 15 and $20 each. Yeah. That adds up pretty fast. Yeah. Two lawns a day. I said, wow, it adjust it for inflation. And I yeah. said it was hot and there were bees, but th- that's what I did. Um, but so I've been thinking about this because I'm really good at manual labor. I'm really good at it. I've done a lot out of a lot of it when I was younger, but I'm really good at it. Do you give you me, best. you give me a task today, big pile of bricks or dirt or whatever, and you need it from there to there. I will figure out how to do it. I will do it fast, and I won't stop till it's done. Wow. On the other hand... Can you come over? On the <laughs> other hand... I got some stuff to do. On the other hand, so this doesn't sound like I'm bragging, here's the other part of it that I'm fully willing to admit. I'm terrible at white-collar work. Mm. Terrible. You give me a stack of papers that needs to be filed and forms that need to be filled out, and you need to log on to a computer and put that in there. I'm going to put it off forever. I'm not going to be able to figure out how to do it. I'm going to hate it, and I'm going to do it slow. hmm which is the most likely thing you're going to be faced with in the modern world? Wow. doesn't even require an answer. I see your point. And so, is there any benefit to teaching my kid to be good at manual labor, like I am, when there's almost zero chance? He may, he quite possibly, I know a whole bunch of young people that are now off into their 20s, stuff like that. They've never done any manual labor in their life. They probably won't. They don't need to. I mean, that, that's the direction the world's going. Yeah. They're really good at... Sitting down in front of a computer, getting all the paperwork filled out, taking on those tasks. I, I, I'm just wondering, if they, is there any crossover? I, th- I think you may be reading too
2: much of your own brain into humanity. Because the, the whole get or applies to everything, for most people. See, I'm almost as bad as you at the whole white-collar stuff, so I get what you're saying. But I think for a lot of people, the whole, I'm hating this, but I gotta get it done. I hate this, but I gotta get it done. That muscle...
1: It really doesn't matter but how you I build never it. liked moving piles of rocks, but I found a way to i don't know i don't know what what happened i just I got to the point where you tell me okay, I'll just get it done, I'll get it done really fast right um would I be better off, given my kids? Stacks of paperwork to do. <laughs> Honest to God. <laughs> well, that's abuse. <laughs> Honest to God. Would it be better off to have them filing stuff than mowing the lawn? I
2: need you to balance the uh, the checking account. What's
1: well, a checking account? In terms of learning that, yeah, you have this giant stack of papers that you gotta get through and you gotta log onto to the computer and figure out the password, but you'll you'll just get through it and you'll realize you're halfway done and blah, blah, blah. All the things you learn about doing manual labor exactly. they'll apply to that. Now, if you get confused,
2: just Google, how do I do this? It'll explain how to do this, and you'll quickly realize your app's been updated, and those instructions (laughs) are out of date. Right. There is no send button on that page. (laughs) Yeah, they'll have to develop that skill. (laughs) Yes, that's a
1: better skill than any of the manual labor skills that I have. Ah, they're all good. They're all useful. Well-rounded. That's the key. How come there are more people giving their kids white collar tasks as children <laughs> to learn how to do that? Because that's what you're going to be doing your whole life. In in, in, in large measure,
2: yeah. Or or n- n- no collar jobs we, you really. You, you but know. you
1: can't. You got to admit it's not just because society figured out the manual labor stuff was a good way to build character or work ethic. It's because that was the job. Our grandpas were doing their whole lives and thought their kids would do, and my dad thought I would do, but that's going away. Well, and there was a large measure of it had to be done, and nobody else was going to do it, right. too. Right. Necessity. But it's going away. Nobody's going to do that stuff in the future, or very few. I know some of you are, and I think it's great. I understand the whole, you'd rather do that than sit at a computer. I get that 1,000%. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, for a lot of people, the likelihood is they're going to not do any of that their whole lives. I'm thinking I need to give him. I'll mow the lawn, and I'll give him stacks of papers to uh, to log onto a website and type in the numbers. <laughs> Make him renew your car insurance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow, that's got to be a way better You're task, all dead. That's got to be a way better task than than mowing the lawn in terms of life skills. Well, you go to DMV.gov and you figure out when, you know. Exactly. Right. When you get stuck, ask me a question. Renew my car insurance or no dessert tonight.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Phillips?
0: Trump's back on the Twitter not letting go of Helsinki and the most amazing coffee study yet. Coffee oh, can make you smarter.
2: All um, right. Coming up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no. I'll use that. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: You know, I guess I'll go home and mow the lawn
1: An allowance to do your taxes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you need to come up with all my receipts for the year. And... I know what our taxes look like. I think you probably ought to make till, wait till middle school before you give them that task. They're a little complicated. Got an awful lot of texts on that. <coughs> Not surprising. Sure. Oh. I wish. Uh, yeah, I wish we'd had our kids do more. You know, the, the other uh,
2: aspect of um, the thing I was reading about with the free range kids and the free play and how important that is to right. building character. There's also the the bizarre situation with getting into colleges these days and how you've got to be a super achiever to even have a chance at getting into your quote unquote top schools whatever that even means and how there's this intense competition and grade inflation mm-hmm. and so like even a halfwit's got to be average and and so your kids have to focus on academics but they ought to be working and they ought to be playing it's just We've designed... God, I think the uh, value. We're, we're full-on in crazyville as a modern society.
1: I get that, and you got to play the system, but, man, the value you get from having... Because I had a job and a time card and a paycheck and the right. taxes that come out of it and taxes at the end of the year and all that sort of stuff, and a boss who was a jerk and a boss who I liked and all those things that are of the utmost importance to reality. Yeah. On the other hand, and I always point this out, I know personally a whole bunch of people that never worked at all in their lives until they are grown-ups, and they kick ass, and they work hard, and they are very productive. What to do? What to do? So are you just making their childhood less enjoyable by making them work? I I don't actually know the answer to these questions. <laughs> I don't know either. Nobody knows. Um, let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. <laughs> well,
0: hours after he walked back his remarks on Russian election meddling, President Trump has been busy tweeting this morning. Yeah, tweeting. Oh some people hate the fact that I got along well with President Putin of Russia. They'd rather go to war than see this. It's called Trump derangement syndrome! Huh? There exclamation There is point. such a thing, no, no doubt right. about well, it. Back to the ongoing theme, both are true. I
2: mean, there is Trump derangement syndrome. It's the age of hyperbole. John Brennan, somebody ought to slap him right in the face. I would never encourage actual violence. This is a metaphor for saying it's treason. That was just stupid. I never want to hear another word he says. He's out of his mind. On the other hand, Trump's whole "we got along well" thing, his obsession with that—that yeah. that it's all personal—and and he hopes people likes him or whatever. You know, it's funny that Russian spy gal who just got arrested. Right? We're trying to get a reporter on that. It's 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 an interesting story, but she—they have footage of her at a uh, 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 things Trump was giving a speech about when he was running, a speech at when he was running. And she asks him from the crowd, uh, 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 "Mr. Trump, what do your policies be toward Russia?" And he says, "I think I would get along well with Putin. I think we could get along." I'm like, "Wait a minute, that's not a policy. What are you talking about? What? You, there are specifics. There are th- th- tough issues, but he seems to put an amazing emphasis on like personally backslapping and handshaking. That seems silly and childish to me." On the other hand, people are going crazy and saying stuff that's completely you know, out of line, unnecessary, and just because they hate him.
0: Trump, by the way, is going to be holding a cabinet meeting this morning about 8.30 West Coast time. He may be uh, about ready to say some more about Helsinki no and good. the whole situation. I'm with sure that. that'll settle it. <laughs> <laughs> the 12 boys who were trapped in that cave in Thailand for more than two weeks, out of the hospital now. The youth soccer team and their coach ha- actually had a press conference today. Speaking through a translator, the coach said, "After a few days, they were desperate to try and find a way out, so they started using stones to try and carve their way out." We dug
2: cave of the wall, using stones to dig the wall. How, how much you could dig? Three meter, or four meter. Trying to look
0: for to exit. For ten days before their rescuers showed up, the boys sheltered in a cramped dark cave, licking Jeez. condensation off the limestone walls to survive. Boy, that's desperation. So one,
1: one of the leaders of getting them out there, because I thought this story, I, I didn't follow it because I thought it was going to have a horrific ending, and I didn't want to get to know them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one of the leaders of getting them out of there, he said the least likely outcome was that we got them all out of there alive. He said there were a thousand things that could have gone wrong um and didn't for some reason. Guy sounds like a pedophile to me. Wow. Sorry. Just, did you follow the story, folks? For
2: folks who followed that, <laughs> yes. they thought that was hilarious. For people who are not familiar with the reference, they are completely flabbergasted. A guy involved in the rescue accused right. Elon Musk of grandstanding. And Elon Musk suggested that guy's
1: a pedophile for some reason. Well, he tweeted it, and then he deleted his tweets, and now Tesla stock has dropped. And Tesla board members are demanding an apology for Elon Musk.
0: Musk Musk apologized. He did. He did. KV apologize for (laughs) calling. I'm sorry, I called you a pedophile. (laughs) Pedo. Well, listen, the whole
2: American expat who hangs around Thailand a lot—that is a thing. Now, not every American expat who is in Thailand is searching out, like, sex with underage boys and girls, but a number are.
1: I have a friend who's a little little irresponsible to pin that on the guy. I have a Euro friend who's a world traveler. He said, if you ever hear a guy went to Thailand, they went there for one reason. That's what he says about Thailand traveling. Well, and
2: Elon Musk is a world traveler himself, so. And somebody said, you can't say that. He said, I'll bet you sign dollar it's true.
0: That's not backing down. Right. All right, we've got an amazing new coffee study. It turns out coffee can make you better at math. Researchers at the Stevens Institute of Technology gave 100 undergrad students a 10-question algebra test in a computer lab, half taking the test in a room that smelled like coffee. (laughs) The other half took the test in an unscented room. The results showed the coffee-smelling group scored significantly higher on the test. So the smell of coffee the can make you better at math? Smell of coffee can make you better at math. You don't even need to drink it. Such no. are the wonders of coffee. No, the study Brought leader... Brought to you by the Coffee Association, which is lining Marshall's pockets. <laughs> the study leader says it's not just that the coffee-like scent help people perform better on these tasks, but they also they would do better and we demonstrated that this expectation was at least partly responsible for their improved performance if i smell
2: coffee i will get a neurological reaction yep um and i could i could see that it gives you a bump yep yeah so that's well it's this is more about the complexities of the human mind than about coffee but also
1: helps with math when you go into
2: a. Of course, I'm sorry, Sean. The complexities of the Human Mind Council aren't aligning Marshall's <laughs> pockets. So I guess it is about coffee.
0: Go into a coffee chain, order a caffeinated milkshake. Oh, look at that. I'm $15 poorer now. Mm, that's ah, good math. Well, that's Matt. math. There you go. That is math. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm Strong Getty Show of the Conscience of the Nation. <laughs> answer shrinking, too. Hmm. The best coffee math is what would have it cost me to make this at home? Let's see if I bought a big can of
1: coffee. Yeah. I made a cup at home, and it cost me two cents. And if I have two of these a day, how much will my circumference increase by? (laughs) Let's see. Pi is (laughs)
2: 3.12.
1: Um, yeah. So, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah,
2: so I don't know. Relocating the homeless is violating their civil rights. Yeah. Okay, I want to hear that. And, and, uh, listen... Follow up on Helsinki,
1: but not like you're hearing from the other Maroons. All right? See, I just don't think it has... I think it was awful with the caveat that I don't think it has long-lasting significance. That's what I've wondered since the moment. The big stinky in Helsinki? Yeah. Hmm. You could be right. He shouldn't have done that. I just I don't see any legs to the damage. Why? Well, well as we've
2: pointed out many times, and, and, and the left likes to pretend this isn't true because they enjoy being afraid because it brings them together. The what's right about the American system will counterbalance anything that that's a little out of control between the courts
1: and the Congress and and the voters. We're all going to be fine. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty show.
2: Armstrong and Getty. The conscience Of 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 the nation.
0: The Armstrong and Getty Show. Combining a couple of things
1: we've talked about in recent hours or days, we got this text. After 46 years in California, it's a heck of a thing to get up and leave your, your home. Uh, people don't usually do it unless there's a good reason. After 46 years in California, I joined the exit caravan to Idaho this summer. The culture shock here is that my kids are never inside, always playing outside with other kids. Complete free range. It's interesting. Wow. Cultural difference that they notice. Huh. Um, So the Helsinki Trump thing. Um. George Will, respected conservative slash Republican columnist of the Washington Post, never has been a Trump fan. So that's, uh, you know. Might as well use that. You might as well know that going in. Sure. Yeah. Uh, But this is what he had to say about the whole thing. He he thinks it was an awful display by the president. He's trying to figure out why. Americans elected a president who, this is safe to surmise, knew that he had more to fear from making his tax returns public than keeping them secret. The most innocent inference is that for decades he has depended on an American weakness, a susceptibility to the tacky charisma of wealth, Which would evaporate, that is, we really hold rich people up in high standing, as clearly they have the answers, they're rich. Right. Um, uh, Which would evaporate when his tax returns revealed that he has always lied about his wealth. Okay, that might be one reason for keeping it. A more ominous explanation might be that his redundantly demonstrated incompetence as a businessman tumbled him into unsavory financial dependence on Russians. A still more sinister explanation might be that the Russians have something else, something worse, to keep him compliant. The explanation is in doubt. What needs to be explained, his compliance is not. Granted, Trump has a weak man's banal fascination with strong men whose disdain for him is evidently unimaginable to him. And yes, he only perfunctorily pretends to have priorities beyond personal aggrandizement. But just as astronomers inferred, just as astronomers inferred from anomalies in the orbits of the planet Uranus, the existence of Neptune. Can we call it Uranus, please? Mueller... Mueller might infer still hidden sources of the behavior of this sad, embarrassing wreck of a man. Mm. <clears throat> so, in other words, he's 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 saying Mueller is going to be guided by the fact there's got to be a reason why. He always says nice things about Putin. He wouldn't release his taxes and, and go that direction based on that. Is that the way you're supposed to investigate things? Uh. I, I'm I'm
2: I'm I'm wrestling with a moral dilemma right now. I have some extremely compelling testimony along the same lines from I don't think
1: Trump colluded with Russia to get elected, by the way. I don't oh think no. he did. No, absolutely not. That will go nowhere. He could soft pedal <clears throat> badmouth and Putin because he's uh compromised by the Russians over some financial dealings, though that wouldn't shock me. Right.
2: Well if you know, if Putin has proof that he's not nearly as successful as he's claimed to be, and that maybe some oligarchs rented a bunch of rooms that mysteriously nobody ever occupied in Trump Tower at some point as part of a quo quo, uh, quid pro quo 15 years ago, 20 years ago. I would not be shocked by that. Um, and that would be compromise. I don't think it's anything like the left's portraying it as and,
1: why Trump's entire being is how successful and wealthy—that's it. I think just it's
2: personal insecurity that motivates
1: a lot of this. Just but. his net worth being revealed might be reason enough.
2: Right, right. So, but at the same time, I don't, I don't want to be part of the piling on Trump derangement
1: syndrome thing. No, I don't think it cuz there are people I saw people on the cable news channels yesterday who fully believe he is an agent of a foreign country. Oh no, that's ridiculous. No, it is ridiculous. That's full on tin of foil hats. John stuff. Brennan with his trees and
2: stuff, John Brennan needs to shut up. He's he's unhinged. On the other hand, Trump is a weird dude. Middle school teacher. Al Anonymous. I think the most obvious reason for Trump's behavior, and it explains almost everything since he's done done since announcing his run. Trump is emotionally and mentally, I don't know about mentally, but emotionally, a maladjusted middle schooler. I've taught middle school for a decade or more, and the dynamic on display is really familiar. It explains him almost perfectly. His odd way of referring to women and the basics of female biology. Like, Hillary's primary debate bathroom break was disgusting. His, <laughs> his weird comments about Megyn Kelly, his grab him by the blank comment, is the sort of things an awkward 13-year-old might say to another boy he's trying to impress. The, the way he responds to his critics, low IQ Mika. The way he insults and boasts often doesn't seem to ring correctly to the ear. I have a very good brain, etc. Honestly, would you be truly surprised if Trump tweeted out, I know you are, but what am I, in response to some future critic? And, And listen, folks, maybe you're totally rejecting this, and that's fine, but like many middle schoolers, Trump loves to bask in reflection of the real bullies, who he sees as powerful and will betray and rat out his friends to do so. Putin is the ninth grade bully to Trump's seventh grader. The older bully doesn't care about the younger students, but enjoys the power of shoving them around. The younger kid will often take it if the older one also sometimes treats him okay. He feels more tough because he is next to someone who is tough. Uh, Trump's moral equivalency also fits this. He really needs to sit down with an experienced school psychologist. Keep up the good work, gentlemen. Mm, well, I don't know. There, there are elements of the art of the deal that make it clear that some of this oversimplicity, repeating stuff over and over, keeping the message super, super simple, is intentional. Sure. So, I don't know. You can't diagnose somebody from afar. He's a complicated dude. There's no doubt there. And the thing in Helsinki went very badly. On the other hand, a couple of y'all made some great points about why he has such severe mistrust for our intelligence
1: agencies. Uh, maybe some of you have forgotten some of this, but but it's really, really good. Every um, time he has a phone call with anybody, it leaks out. Right. It's not supposed to, and it does. And I'm sorry, I swear. I was, Even if there's like four people in the room. I was going to
2: save who sent this along. That because, would make you paranoid. Yeah, it would. Absolutely. Oh, uh, Yosemite, you know, Yosemite Moe points out, um, Brennan, Clapper, Yates, Comey, they were the intelligence Trump had to rely on when he took office. They're all Obamaistas that hated Trump and hate Trump today. Brennan, Clapper, Yates, Comey. And then who sent us this link? Because I really wanted to pay tribute to them. Um, yes, it was. Uh, uh, Pom- he calls himself Pomeroy. I don't know if that's his real name, but it's a link to a New York Times article from August of 2016. Uh 50 of the nation's most senior Republican national security officials, many of them former top aides or cabinet members for President George W. Bush, have signed a letter declaring that Donald J. Trump, quote, lacks the character, values, and experience to be president and would put our put at risk our nation's national security and well-being. That
1: was August 2016, so that he just announced a couple of months before that.
2: So 50 of the nation's most senior Republican national security officials put everything on the line to ruin his candidacy.
1: We got this text might reflect a lot of people's feelings. Or not. Trump is an idiot. He may be in Putin's pocket, but I'm still glad he's the one picking Supreme Court justices. That overstates, but isn't a hundred miles away from
2: my attitude. That's a, that's a voting block right there. It is. It's a lot of people to hold their nose and and, and accept the justices block.
1: Lower taxes and get the Supreme Court justice
2: on the Armstrong and Getty Show.